0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, October 15th, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. The Bernie Sanders campaign is a little cagey about how a President Sanders would hope to pay for his pricey Medicare for All plan. Peter Suderman of Reason Magazine argues that the
1: experience of single payer health care in Sanders' home state of Vermont offers some key lessons. Well, I think what it tells us is just how hard it would be to get a single-payer system along the lines that Bernie Sanders is thinking of uh, with his Medicare for All plan in place in the United States. What Vermont tried to do was to pass and implement a state-based single-payer system, and they got In many ways, further than any other state in the United States has ever gotten in this process. But after several years of development, what they basically realized was there's no public support for it, and it's going to cost an awful lot more than they initially thought. And that's going to require higher taxes than they initially thought. And even in deep blue Vermont, which elected Governor Pete Shumlin on a single payer platform. Uh, that's what he was elected to, to do was to put single pay- payer in place in Vermont, even in a state like that, that is more open to high taxes, uh, that favor single payer, that had real uh, political momentum for it at the statehouse. They couldn't get it done. And Shumlin ultimately abandoned the plan um, and it failed. And so I think those sorts of problems would be uh, present in any effort to put Medicare for all in place at a national level, and if anything, it would be harder.
0: So uh, with respect to Vermont specifically, I'm not an uh, expert on their plan or, or for that matter, Bernie's plan, but it seems to me that if you're doing it, uh, adopting this fairly expensive, uh, but also uh, meant to be fairly universal coverage for uh, people in one state, it would be very easy to attract people from out of state who would make that program look relatively less fiscally viable.
1: In fact, this was one of the problems that Vermont ran into is as they were developing this plan, the initial version called for a plan that uh, only paid that paid for uh, something like 80 or 90 percent of an average person's medical expenses um, and was only for in-state residents. And then as they developed the plan, they increased the percentage of medical bills that the plan was supposed to pay for. So that made the benefits more generous for the people that it covered and they increased the number of people who were going to be covered by the plan uh, in particular they added out-of-state workers who come into the state to work and so you can think of them effectively as sort of uh, state uh, state-based immigrants and so this became um, an issue for developing cost estimates around the plan where uh, as you as you if you look at the tra- the trajectory of the cost estimates, Initially, they start out saying, well, there's going to be huge savings in terms of overall health spending. that's uh, that's not necessarily a savings to every individual, but what it is is, well, if you combined all the private and public spending, uh, the total would be less under this plan. That was initially what they thought. Uh, but the but the savings just kept dwindling the further and further they got along in this process, and, uh, you know, sort of the the more uh, they they put these estimates together. And so, you know, I, I think uh, th- it's quite likely that we would see similar issues with Medicare for All, um, in particular because Bernie Sanders doesn't have a mechanism that he's laid out right now to fully finance this plan. And that was one of the big mistakes that they made in Vermont. Uh, and they, 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 the, the people who backed this plan will actually say this contributed to the plan's failure. Up front, they kind of decided, well, we're not going to lay out exactly how this is going to be paid for. And so we're just going to pass this plan and we're going to figure out how to pay for it later. And that proved to be both a policy problem in that they did not have taxes and other revenue streams set up to pay for this. But it was also a political problem because they hadn't explained to people in the state here's what it's going to cost and here's what we're going to charge you in new taxes to pay for this. And when they finally started to look at what the bill would be realistically, after all the changes had been made, they said, there's just no way, even in Vermont. And so I think it's really difficult to imagine how you could get uh, a comparable plan through the United States Congress, which is just not as liberal as the legislature in Vermont, even with Democratic control of both the House and the Senate, as well as a Democratic in the presidency, and if you look at what senior Democrats in the Senate, where a lot of the crucial decisions about a new health care plan would probably be made, uh, even some of those Democrats are saying they are wary of a single payer, fully government run system.
0: Is part of that uh, reticence informed by the fact that when Obamacare was uh, adopted, a lot of the spending cuts that were built in to uh, the plans for uh, the Affordable Care Act uh, simply never came to fruition. Those are cuts in Medicare and other programs.
1: I think it's less about spending cuts that were built into Obamacare and much more about the sense that Obamacare was at minimum a political failure. And if you look at polling on Obamacare it wasn't popular until Republicans tried to repeal and replace it, sort of, in 2017. And even still, if you look at where the Democratic base is and where the Democratic primary race is, many, if not Um, The majority of the leading candidates are basically saying, well, we just want to wipe out Obamacare and start over with a single payer system or or something close to it. Even Joe Biden, who is pitching his plan as building on Obamacare and doing something better, is basically saying, well, uh, we have to we have to spend another seven hundred and fifty billion dollars or so to expand Obamacare to finally accomplish the goals that Obamacare was supposed to accomplish Uh, you know, starting a decade ago. And so even Joe Biden, who is the most yoked to the Affordable Care Act, is really running on a plan that implicitly assumes that uh, that starts from an understanding that Obamacare has failed to accomplish its goals. And so people are really kind of burnt out on Obamacare. And that, I think, is just going to affect general levels of trust in lawmakers that they can make a system that will actually work this time, especially given that Medicare for all would be just vastly larger in scale.
0: Uh, Charles Blahaus of the Mercatus Center scored uh, uh, at least one draft of the Medicare for all that Bernie Sanders has put out. He said it would cost, I think, $32 trillion over 10 years. Um, A lot of the supporters of Bernie Sanders came out and said, yeah, that's that's basically right. But of course, he's assuming that everything goes exactly the way that uh, Bernie Sanders would like it to be. It's a very generous, very friendly score in a way. What has Bernie Sanders himself said about the cost of his plan?
1: Bernie Sanders has not released an official cost estimate. However, when pressed on this, he has said that his plan would cost something like 30 or 40 trillion. That's his words, 30 to 40 trillion over a decade. Now, his argument is that that would still represent a decrease in total spending from uh, what we have right now. And even if that's true, even if there were a decrease in total spending, it would still be a radical increase in government spending. Just to give you an idea, in Vermont, when they were doing this, it would have meant effectively doubling the state's total budget. So the state would have spent twice as much money each year just to make this plan happen. And that's the sort of scale that these single-payer plans work at. Now, all of those estimates that say that Bernie Sanders' plan would cost uh, you know $30 trillion or so tend to rely on the assumption that single-payer nationwide would pay the same rates that Medicare pays right now. For uh, for health services to doctors and to hospitals, and Medicare's rates are much lower than private insurers' rates. It's very difficult to imagine a scenario in which you could actually make that happen without having huge reductions in service. Because if you're not paying providers nearly as much, they're going to have to cut back somewhere. And in fact, we have a little example of this uh, in another state. Washington State, Washington State, which recently passed a public option. And so that's a government run health care plan that competes alongside of private insurance rather than replaces it like Medicare for All would. And initially, they thought, well, we're just going to pay basically Medicare rates. but that the plan the plan wasn't going to pass with that in. Uh, With that in place. And so they ended up having to raise the rates considerably so that they were nearly as high as private rates. And what that meant was that the the plan was going to be much more expensive than those uh, favorable conservative initial estimates. Uh, estimated, And so I think that we are likely to see a similar sort of tension with any Medicare for all effort nationally, where they go in saying, well, we'll just pay Medicare rates. And then they realize that would mean that, uh, that you would have big service cuts. It's possible that some rural hospitals in particular would end up shutting down. And wh- whatever politician voted for a plan that said, well, this is the only rate that anyone is ever going to get because the government is going to be the only payer for health healthcare for most healthcare in the United States. Um, politicians would then be on the hook for responsibility for reductions in service, longer lines, and uh, possibly the closure of some hospitals.
0: Isn't the relevant comparison here, though, between the United States and other countries?
1: Uh, people like to say that, and that's one of Bernie Sanders' big lines. When he defends the idea of Medicare for all, people say, well, it's, it would be very difficult. There are all these practical questions. Bernie Sanders will often come back and say, look, if every other first world country every other industrialized country in the world can do this why can't we and one of the reasons is that we pay more for healthcare and so cutting back in terms of uh in in terms of reducing the percentage of gdp that we spend on healthcare so that even it was even to the level of say canada of say 12 to 14% rather than 17 or 18% would just be a huge huge uh reduction in spending that's difficult to figure out how that you could make that happen over the course of a few years. But the other thing about Bernie Sanders plan is that it's much, much more generous than comparable international plans. He calls for no copays, pays uh, essentially no out of pocket. He covers dental. He covers nearly everything. And so it's more generous than Medicare. It's more generous uh, as we know it today. It's more generous than comparable European plans, than the Canadian plan, than the Australian plan. And so what Bernie Sanders says he wants to do is spend a a huge amount of money and also have a plan that that offers more benefits and therefore is more expensive uh, than nearly any of these other plans that he's saying, well, they can do it. And one of the ways they do it is by limiting what they offer to people. Peter Suderman is Features Editor at
0: Reason Magazine. Subscribe to and share this podcast wherever you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.